Welcome to episode 107 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. Hello, hello, once again, this is the Stacey Harris, episode 107 of Hit the Mic. I am excited today because today you have double the Stacey. Uh, we have Stacey Herrera on the show, and we're going to be talking about uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, it's a really fun conversation. I'm excited to get started with it. Um, I'm excited to share it with you. But before we do that, I wanted to remind you uh, next Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this, really, on Thursday, the 20th, uh, I'm doing my final webinar of 2014, uh, talking about building a better business. Uh, And to gear up for that, I would really encourage you to check out the Build a Better Business Challenge, uh, which is a three-day challenge just to sort of check in on the foundations of your business. Uh, A couple of weeks ago now, we talked about reviewing 2014 as a part of planning 2015. Uh, And this little three day, uh, 15 to 30 minutes each day, uh, checks in on certain parts of your business. So your social, your branding, your website, um, and making sure that all of that is sort of up up to snuff as you finish the year and you you plan on on huge success next year. uh, Because there's really not a better time to do this stuff than now. Uh, It doesn't have to wait. Uh, So check out the Build a Better Business Challenge. Check out the Build a Better Business webinar. Uh, lots of building better businesses in 2015 uh, and really for the rest of 2014 because there's still a lot like there's like a, more than a month left it's like a lot of time so check that stuff out everything's in the show notes thestacyharris.com slash episode 107 uh, and there'll also be links to everything that Stacy and I talk about in the show it was super fun having another Stacy on uh, because I'm a sucker for anyone with super awesome names I mean, let's be real. Stacy's the best one. Uh, so let me tell you a little bit about Stacy before we jump in. Stacy Herrera is a connection coach, writer, a connection coach, writer, and speaker from San Pedro, California. She believes that healthy relationships are possible and that happy endings happen in real life too. When she's not masquerading as an extrovert in public, you can find her sprawled out on the floor of her closet with her nose buried in a book, sipping a cup of tea. Sign up for the link, Stacy's bi-weekly newsletter for connection, insight, and relationships tips. You can do that over at the website. Uh, but first, listen to this awesome interview because we talk about some good stuff. Here it is. All right. Like I said, I have another Stacy on the show today, and she even spells it right. I'm just saying. It's EY, people. Um, I'm really excited to have Stacy on the show today. So, Stacy, welcome. Thank you. I I'm feel so like I'm going to say your here. name a lot because it's my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll answer. I've never referred to a guest by name six times so quickly. Um, but thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited you're here, and not just because your name is Stacy, although... It helps. It's it's kind of a cool name. It's the best one. I'm just saying. Uh, so before before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, besides being my name twin, <laughs> what do you do? Um, well, um, I'm a life coach. Um, primarily, I focus on connection. I believe that everything in life is really about connection and that connection is the reason that we're here and so I am determined to help as many people as I possibly can to build a life of built around genuine connection so that they can essentially be happy and healthy I like that because I teach people how to build businesses based on connection see it's all about community people it's all about conversations I agree wholeheartedly I like it I like it. And and one of the things I like about the conversation you and I are having today is 
they, it translates so much to life and business. And I, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and I cannot remember who it was now, or I would totally give them a shout out. But we were talking about how how weird it is, how everything is connected. Like when you are excelling in one part, other parts of your life tend to do well. And so I think what we're talking about today is one of those things for sure where it kind of feeds off of that. And it's it's sort of stepping out of, of the idea of what we're supposed to be um, because we do evolve as people uh, and sort of figuring out who we are now and what's right for us now. So what is that sort of, what is the first maybe indicator that we're reaching maybe another place in our life where we need to evolve again or we need to be open to those next steps? I think that there's typically some discomfort, um, dis-ease, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of happens. I think that you start to to maybe just kind of dislike certain things. And it might be like very subtle at first. It could just be kind of like, oh, I'm just kind of not that into that. Um, but I think the more you, the more you grow and the more you ignore that kind of itch, it gets bigger and it gets more uncomfortable. And sometimes it's, um, it seems like confusion a lot. Like a lot of Mm -hmm. people, like, I just really don't know what to do, or I don't really know where to start. And I think that that comes up a lot more frequently when you're outgrowing who you, who you are or who you thought you were supposed to be. Well, and I think you bring up a good point of how, like, it's sort of, like, if you don't listen to the whisper, it starts to yell. Mm-hmm. Like, I know in my life and in my business and in my just world, if something, if I need to pay attention to something, it will start showing up all over the place. Like, Absolutely. I was uncomfortable here, and now I'm uncomfortable in all of these places. <laughs> like, like, it's like, it just keeps poking you until you're like, okay, I will pay attention. Exactly. And I think that we're kind of... um Sometimes we're kind of bred to believe that we're supposed to decide who we are very young when we really don't have much of a clue. And then you're just kind of supposed to stick with that. But you're so many different versions of yourself over the course of your lifetime. You know, every year my grandmother on my birthday, my grandmother always asks, you know, do you feel older? And every year for as long as I can remember, I've always said no. But I know for sure that at this age, I don't feel the same as I felt when I was 10. But my answer was the same. Yeah. You know, but you do you and because the evolution doesn't happen in one single moment. It's like a series of moments. And the more life you experience, you know, the the more your your horizons broaden. And sometimes that takes you in directions that you hadn't even thought of. You are responsible for making a lot of choices at mm-hmm. a very early point in your life. I mean, and now I think it's even earlier now than it was, you know, a few years ago when I was in high school, which is like. You turn 18 and you're like, okay, I have to make these decisions. But now you're making those even earlier because you're like, you know, your high school transcripts matter and the decisions mm-hmm. you make online. And, and you talk about, you know, people who are, are starting businesses in their teenage years. Um, you sort of, you make a lot of choices when you have like 80 more years to live. Exactly. <laughs> like I well, think it's only ev- fair that the things might change. Absolutely. In every decision, you can only decide something based on the experiences you've had to that point. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't have enough information to really to, to say this is forever because there's just not enough information because you really don't know what else is going to happen. 
So I think that it's so important to kind of be a little bit more flexible with ourselves. I mean, and sometimes that stress about sticking to, you know, who you're supposed to be comes from outside because a lot of who we believe we are, especially the younger we are, comes from who people told you you were. Right. You know, and it, it has nothing to do with you. You know, they, they label you the cute one, the pretty one, the smart one, you know, the funny one. And, and then you end up living, trying to live up to the expectation of those labels. And sometimes it just doesn't feel good. Well, and I think that that's sort of a, a double-sided lesson is, you know, looking at how we talk to other people as much as we think about how we talk to ourselves, you know. Absolutely. Allowing people to evolve. And I think, I think what I really want to hit on here is sort of like that permission to evolve because I think that might be a first step in that actually happening post the discomfort kind of giving yourself permission to feel the discomfort and do something about it right and I think that's the hardest part yes you know because once you've decided you're okay but but giving yourself permission is a really big piece in so many um, areas but I think it's especially true when you're trying to kind of step into who you are right now and and giving and letting it be okay to mm-hmm. just be okay right now. Like, you know, we really would love to carve out life and, and have it be this we know where we're going kind of situation, but life doesn't happen like that. Well and I think that's part of the fun. Absolutely. That's part the of most the of the fun. But it's also part of the fun. Exactly. So now that we've sort of, we've figured it out, what do we do? Because, I mean, I think that there is, this is one of those things that's not really talked about. You know, we don't talk about uh, evolving. We talk about finding our our career, our partner, our path, whatever you want to call it, and we just stick with it. We don't mm-hmm. talk about what happens when we wake up one day and we're like, maybe no. So, so what do we do? What's our first step when we kind of go, this isn't right? I, I think... Um, after the permission part, which might not come right away, um, but then being open to whatever shows up. Because I think once you give yourself permission, things do start showing up. It's like, you know, you start paying attention more. It's kind of like when you when you buy that new car and, and every car on the street is now your car. It's not that yeah. everyone got the car. It's that you now are more open to the idea because now you've been exposed to it. So now it seems to be everywhere. And I think once you give yourself permission to, to kind of go with the flow, then things you start paying attention to things you didn't see before. So your interest gets peaked and then you start to, you know, explore those things. And then eventually, and sometimes eventually is a long time, um, but eventually you kind of get comfortable and you, you realize that you like something, you know, I've, and but I don't think that it's, um, there's not a one size fit all. I, I wish that it was a one, two, three kind of thing. But I think that it's, it's different for every person. But being open to it, like the universe delivers big mm-hmm. time. You know, it, it will give you what you need. It will like, it will, you will meet people that you maybe would not have been exposed to otherwise. You know, maybe you'll go to a movie that, that seems so random and the message in it is just for you. You know, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a podcast, you know what I mean? So I mm-hmm. think once you get open, because um, there, you always have an idea of what you like. I just don't know that it's always in the forefront of your mind enough for you to see it. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, of course, and the only way that the dots connector is only backwards, not forwards. So once you, um, once you like something and you latch on, when you look back, you'll see that you, you kind of always did. It wasn't like this new idea. 
Um, I don't know that the brain is really capable of new ideas. I think that most of everything that we do is based on memory, and sometimes it's just so faint that we forgot. Well, I think you bring up an important point with the term, you know, liking things. I think we, we tend to um, forget to pay attention to the things we like. Mm-hmm. You know, I had uh, Nicola Loya on the show not uh, actually a while ago, but recently she did something called the Insta Happy Project on Instagram, and you took a picture every day of something that made you happy. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so basic, and the idea of, like, just, I mean, the things people were posting, like, hanging out with their kid or having dinner with their husband or like, and not like a date night, like literally sitting on the couch or like Mm -hmm. the simple things, but it was taking those moments and going, Hey, yeah, I do like this. This does make me happy. Um, Because we get so caught up in the stuff we have to do and the things that need to get done. So maybe that's one of those steps to being open to it is, is like, well, what do I like? (laughs) Exactly. And I'm glad you bring up the, the point of it being, like very minor or or simple because I think one of the things we get stuck in is expecting everything to be this grandiose big giant thing yeah you know and and that's not always true like sometimes it's like the really simple stuff that makes us that lights us up inside it's not always complex like sometimes it is you know just sitting on the couch with your husband and maybe you're watching a show that you've seen before and that's sometimes enough Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think especially in, in business, um, I know it's true that sometimes we expect our ideas, they have to be this really fantastical, big giant, better than everyone else's stuff kind of thing. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like sometimes it's just like, you know, I'm going to do this thing. And yes, there are 50 other people doing this thing, but nobody's doing it like me because they aren't me. Right. You know, and and so I think that it's simple. Um, Simple and easy is so important to my life. (laughs) Like, I like simple and easy. I'm not, I don't like complicated things. Like, you know, dumb it down. And it's okay. Well, and I think we, like, by default, try to make it more difficult. Especially, you know, I love transitioning this conversation to business because this was something that was so, so part of my own business journey and if anyone's ever heard me talk especially on another podcast because I've I've told this story a lot when I've been interviewed I don't know how much I told it on this show but uh you know my first year in business I focused really a lot on what I thought I was supposed to do and be to be successful Mm -hmm. and and it wasn't even my version of successful like it was what I thought was supposed to be successful Mm -hmm. um and it made me some money Mm -hmm. It, it started my community I learned a lot, uh, but when I stepped into like who I wanted to be and what I actually wanted to do, which I don't think you'll find a more crowded market than social media, um, that's when I like I became really successful in like the way I wanted to be successful, which mm-hmm. was like I work a lot of half days and I make good money and I get to hang out with really cool people. Exactly. Like, these are all the indicators of success for me. You know, yes, that the money thing grows. Yes, the community grows. Um, but, like, I was less concerned with that growing hugely fast mm-hmm. and more concerned with, like, enjoying what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? The community grew at a faster rate after I was having more fun. My income grew at a faster rate after I was having more fun. Because that's people so tell me over and over again, that's the part they connect with. That's so true. You know, one of the things that that I got caught up with in the beginning mm-hmm was um coach speak 
Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's so easy to do. Oh my goodness. It was, you know, and it, it was coming across in my writing. And sometimes I would connect with people like via Skype and stuff. And they would be like, I so didn't expect you to be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, because some, my writing voice, and it still happens sometimes, you know, like my writing voice is a lot more subdued than this my is why personality. I have that's a perfect forum because writing doesn't always translate, you know, your true personality. I know for sure mine doesn't. My writing voice is a lot more calm and soothing than, than my personality is. And in the beginning it was way too, you know, when I look back on some of it, I'm like, who the hell wrote that? Yeah. Like, who is that girl? And why was she wearing my face? (laughs) I say it all the time. I have a much bigger filter between my brain and my fingers than I do my brain and my mouth. Oh, me too. It must be a Stacy thing. It must be. But I, I think that's such a great point is is we we all go through that. You know what I mean? Every mm-hmm. entrepreneur I've talked to, every person that I've talked to went through that phase and they were like, that was just, what the hell? Exactly. <laughs> but that's where you learned all the lessons. So I, I think what I, I want to remind everybody, and, and I'm, I, I'm sure you're going to agree with me, is like, don't be mad at yourself for like doing that. For being who you think you're supposed to be. Absolutely. It's it's part of the journey. I mean, you know, the all of those stories of someone who just instantly, you know, they knew what they were going to do and they just started yes. doing it and everything was so <laughs> successful. Those people are the exception and not the rule. The rule is, <laughs> you know, is that you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to reinvent yourself probably a bazillion times. You know, and eventually you come back home to who you were meant to be. (laughs) Well, and I think who you were meant to be changes, you know, like I I talk a lot about how much I love what I do now, but it may not be what I love to do in five years. And even since evolving into what I do, it has evolved further. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It has changed, not just because, you know, I needed to go through like certain baby steps to be able to do the things I do now. Um, but also because like I changed, I evolved, I learned new things. I learned what I really like to do in my business and what I don't really like to do. Um, and I think giving yourself permission to like change paths, like, you know, this served me really well for X amount of years. Let's do something else. Exactly. You know, and it's, it's, I guess it's like wardrobe, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you outgrow clothes and, you know, sometimes you outgrow them because your body changed and sometimes you outgrow them because your taste changed. Yes. Um, I challenge you, know? you all to look at your high school yearbook and be like, and not say, what am I wearing? Exactly. What is that? <laughs> or, you know, or any grade, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I had that hair. Well, I don't know. At a certain, at a certain point, it's still your parents' fault. Yes. Cause they bought the stuff. <laughs> well, or they were in charge of your haircut. You know, my, my mom, and now I'm very surprised because of who I know her to be as a woman, but I'm so surprised at the amount of latitude she gave me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was, I went through a really dark phase where I only wore black with the exception of this jean jacket that seemed to get raggedier by the minute that mm-hmm. I kept using safety pins to close up. And cool she was working on safety pins. Oh, it was, it was a great jacket. It was just terribly, awfully raggedy though, but it was great. I loved it and I would draw on it in class and it was just, it was a mess. But my mother totally allowed me to be that girl. And even now she'll still say, you know, Stacy's always been herself. 
Mm-hmm. And that's changed a lot, you know. Um, but some of some of it stayed the same. Like, I mean, I got piercings when when in the eighties when piercings weren't cool yet, you know. So yeah. like, I have even now, and now I'm forty one. But, but even now, I still have seven earrings. And now that piercings cool, I'm like, yeah, that was like so eighties. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, these trends come back around. I'm noticing the nineties, which I I will be thirty next year. Uh-huh. And it's so funny because I'm like, yeah, I wore that in the sixth grade. Exactly. I'm not sure I'm going to wear it again. It, was, it wasn't a very good idea in the sixth grade. Pretty <laughs> sure it's not a good idea at 30. Exactly. But, you know, some some stuff sticks. Like, I would never have thought, you know, um, that I would still have all these earrings. You know, I still like them. Like, I'm still kind of that girl. That part of me hasn't changed very yeah. much. I mean, the kind of earrings I put in in my ears are different. <laughs> safety <laughs> pins anymore. Exactly. It's you know, but like that part of me um, kind of kind of stayed the same. So I think that sometimes it's not that you evolve all the way out of something. Like sometimes it just kind of morphs into a different version of the same thing. It's true. Full disclosure: I've had my tongue pierced for fifteen years. <laughs> well, you see, and and like now that that's like the the coolest thing to do, but. Like, you know, you did it back then because you liked it and not because it was trendy. Yes, I did it back then because I really, really, really wanted to be different. <laughs> hmm But you know what's funny? Um, now in now that we're in this um in this space, I sometimes look around and think like there is no different anymore. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Because now that's normal. That's awesome. It, it, but I, I'm really, uh, I'm really happy though that yeah. that that it's like that. That now it, it's not so, because it was so difficult difficult to be different, you know, before because people looked at you like something was wrong with you, and now like that's so normal that it it just isn't strange anymore. I don't know. As someone who walks around the world with pink hair, people do still look at you a little weird. You live in Arizona. I do. I was, about, I was just about to. It, a lot of it really depends on where you live. Yes. I, like when I travel, like I was in LA earlier this summer. Um, I when I was in New York, I actually didn't have pink hair in New York; it was red. But um, it's so funny because people—it's like people don't even. And when I go, like I live in the suburbs because I have a small child, and that's what you do. I live in the suburbs, so like when I go downtown, like mm-hmm. I get a lot less weirdness. Like when I when I go to like major areas, or like when I'm down by uh, ASU uh-huh. in Tempe, like I no, yeah, no, I get no weird looks. Um, but yeah, it's so, it's so funny because it, it, it really does depend on where you are, what different yeah, is. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, there are still, um, even in America where, you know, we're advertised as the melting pot, there are still a lot of areas that are super conservative. Yeah. We just, and, and when you don't live in those areas, like I, I live, I live in San Pedro, which is not too far from Los Angeles, mm-hmm. But, you know, I tell people all the time, it's so easy to think that you, that, that everything's so diverse here. But it's not the truth. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's the reality of where I live. I mean, I live in a city where, you know, we have a lot of Italians and a lot of Croatians. I went for a walk yesterday and was talking to a man from, from Austria. And he's like, yeah, I've been here for 45 years. But I'm like, yeah, the, every place doesn't look like this, though. Uh, so what is, you know, after we sort of decided this, how do we kind of make sure that we do evolve in a way that like our relationships are okay? Cause I think one of the big fears about evolving or stepping into something else is what it's going to do to the relationships in our lives. You know, those outside perspectives that we're not necessarily rebelling against, but we're, um, 
maybe not doing what they would love. How do we make sure that we, we nurture that part of ourselves too? Well, I think that it's really important, um, first and foremost, to be true to whatever truth looks like for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that the people that love you, the people that really love and care about you, even though it might it might rub up against them in a in a difficult way at first, when people really love you, they they eventually, you know, kind of make space for however you're going to be. They they get comfortable. They may never love it. You know, they may never say, you know what, this is so great. I think it's awesome. Um, but they will grow into it. Um, and that's not true for every single relationship, of course. There, there are those relationships where people really kind of get stuck in wanting you to be, you know, 12 forever. Um, and, and sometimes that'll mean saying goodbye or, or, or even maybe loving those people from a distance because sometimes relationships require space. Um, but I think that when you show up as your true self, then when, like, it's my belief that Either when you change, everything in your environment changes, and that includes people. And if they cannot evolve with you, then they'll be removed from your life. And that might not mean you may never see them again, but it might mean that there might, the relationship itself might change and evolve because even those, they, they change. Like relationships don't stay the same either because everyone's changing, even if they don't consciously acknowledge it. So there'll, there'll be some shifts and, but I think the more you're honest with yourself, because the most important relationship and the longest relationship you'll ever have is with you. And so as if you stay true to yourself, I think that the other relationships will kind of fall into whatever place they were intended to be. And I, I think that that's really a great point. And I think a lot of times we so get stuck in the idea that it's going to cost us relationships Mm -hmm. Um, that really the relationships can often get better because you are a happier person, therefore not as sucky to be around. Exactly. And sometimes you, you inspire other people to stand in their truth too, because they, everyone else has almost the same kind of fears that you have. And we, and so much of what we do is, is based on what we want, how we want to be perceived, you know, like even people that buy like really ritzy cars and buy really fancy things. A lot of times that is, has nothing to do with them. It's how they want other people to see them. So when you, but when you step into your own stuff and, and you, you own who you are and decide like, this is who I am and this is how I want to be. That's even if some, even if no one says it out loud, that's like really inspiring to other people because Mm -hmm. everyone really wants to be themselves. They're dying for it. And sometimes the discomfort just simply comes from not doing that. That's so, so true. And I think that that's where I want to end it, Dave, because I think that that's, that's such a big fear for so many people um, that I think that's a great place to, to go from. So if people want to learn more and they want to maybe work with you on this or, or just take in your amazing content, where can they connect with you? Um, on my website, um, www.stacyherrera.com. Fantastic. And there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Uh, so thank you, Stacy, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. It was super fun. And I will see you guys next time.